we didn't have uh, Wi-Fi, which happens. Uh, so I hope you missed. It gives you a chance to miss the live stream and say, you you need to have the live stream on, all right? And you see the difference that it makes. I hope it makes a difference. Okay, so the uh, we we broadcast to you today. Back to our regular stories of the awliya, in which we're going to cover Bishr al-Hafi. And we're going to take a lot of your comments and questions. And we're, we're going to... We're streaming today on a day in which we're projected to get some snow. Everything is, is gray outside, and I hope we get some dry snow. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I hope it's going to happen. Because nothing is worse, to be quite honest with you, than you know, a winter without any snow. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of commentary about our um, power outage and what people wondering what in the world's going on. How do you have power outages in 2022? It wasn't like a, it, that's what they told us. Didn't they tell us that the first day? They told us it was a power outage in your area in New Brunswick just for optimum Wi-Fi. In any event, it got fixed. Alhamdulillah ta'ala, that's what they told us. It turned out it was a little bit different than that, but... None of that is important. We're all back, alhamdulillah. And let us get straight to our subject matter today of Bishrul Hafi, the great barakah of reading about the stories of the awliya. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us in constant love of the awliya. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us maybe even to be amongst them. Okay? Uh, maybe even, you know, amongst them, as the chef say, make me one of them. Uh, he said, I'm not from the righteous, but I want to be one of them, or amongst them, sorry. That's the humble, uh, when he mentioned the salaheen, lestu minhum, um, what was he say? Uh, he said something, uh, I'm not one of them, but may Allah make me with them, physically with them, in this dunya and in the akhirah. Sayyidina Bishrul Hafi, entry number 23 of the book, Ar-Risal Al-Qushayriyah. He says, وَهُوَ أَبُوْ نَصْرِ بِشْرِ إِبْنِ الْحَارِثِ الْحَافِي He died in 227 Hijri. He was born 150 Hijri. And that makes his de- puts his death at 841 of the Common Era. أَصْلُهُ مِنْ وَرُ He was from Merv, which is the, the Persian city. وَقَدْ سَكَنَ بَغْدَادُ وَمَاتَ فِيهَا But like most of the people from Persia at that time, Baghdad was... The main city, they all made hijrah to Baghdad when they wanted to live there, to study there. Yeah. And he died in Baghdad. So he's Baghdad uh, in, his, in his living and in his death. Wahua ibn Ukhti Ali ibn Khashram or Khushrum. Okay. And he had a big affair. And he is the ibn Ukht, the maternal, his maternal uncle was. Ali ibn Khushrum. وَكَانَ سَبَبُ تَوْبَتِهِ أَنَّهُ أَصَابَ فِي الطَّرِيقِ كَاغِدَةٌ The reason of his tawbah was that on his, his uh, uh, while he was walking one day, he, he saw a kaghida. Uh, right? It's like a notebook or like a piece of paper or something. I don't know what a kaghida is. It's a per- he says here it's a Persian word. Um... But it's something. Maybe it's not even paper. Maybe some object. Okay. But it was on the ground. مَكْتُوبًا فِيهَا إِسْمُ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَقَدْ وَطِئَتْهَا الْأَقْدَامِ It seems to be, it's like some document 
there, and he was he stepped on it. And, oh, sorry, sorry. He found that people were stepping on it. He saw footprints on it. Okay. So he took it off the ground and immediately went to his house and put it on a shelf in his house. Okay. He saw in a dream that night. Someone say to him, Ya Bishr, there is another narration of this is more detailed states he took it he cleaned it off and then he perfumed it and then he put it on the shelf just he's not a talib ilm he says this is sababu tawbati the reason he made tawbah this was something that he was, he was a common, regular Muslim man at that time. There's nothing unique about his efforts at that time. The fitra that came out of him said, nah, we can't have this. This is the name of Allah. It has to be honored. It's just a fitra that came out of him. And there is a beauty. There's a great beauty when a common Muslim who ha- shows no effort in Islam that is abnormal and, the, and then suddenly, for some reason, shows a great respect for the religion. What that shows is that deep embedded inside of him, this teaching did settle in. This iman did settle in whether he knows it or it doesn't. Which is sometimes why when you see that, it touches you. You feel that, subhanAllah. It's, this is, there's another reason too. It's 1,000% sincere. That's why we really love it. It's the ikhlas that we love. When you see somebody who's completely normal maybe even sinful yet he suddenly comes across face to face with something that's that's disrespectful to the religion and suddenly he takes action why do we love that so much why do you love that more than if a alim did that or a worshiper well, because you expect him to do that when a, when a regular person maybe even someone sinful does that you feel that it's 1,000% sincere. And it's a contrast from what, you th- what, what his outward apparent life looks like and what's actually in his heart. right? And this is the case here. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may reward that more than he rewards um, the regular person. Now, let's, let's, let me rephrase that. The, the reward of that to that type of person will seem proportionally far greater than if a alim did that all right Re- the alim will get rewarded for that but the reason for that is that it's expected that the alim does it he has knowledge this regular person is acting from his fitra right the regular alim does a lot of great deeds and um, when i say that i mean just a regular muslim who knows better who's involved doesn't have to be alim just someone who's who's involved in practicing the deen it's sort of expected and so the contrast between that and his actions, there's no contrast. It's like fitting for him to do that. So he heard someone saying in a dream telling him, you anointed my name. I will anoint your name in this life and the next. Hence, Bishrul Hafi is always mentioned. In, in there, you cannot go three, four, five, six, seven lectures about the, the original Zuhad without the mention of Bishrul Hafi. It would be an incomplete list. 
There's a famous alim of uh, and, and Zahid and Abid and Sheikh Tariq, Ali Daqqaq. He said, Marra Bishrun nas. Bishr passed by a group of people. They said, This is afterwards. He's a veteran now in the path of Allah. They said, This person does not sleep the night at all. And he doesn't break his fast except every three days. So Bishr passed by them and then he went alone for And he, be, he, he wept. You see this word, he wept all the time. And it does not necessitate that he actually cried tears. It could, but it could also mean that he just became very pensive. Because when you read Arabic literature, they use this word all the time. It just means he became very solemn and pensive. Now he had companions with him, and they said, uh, what's the matter? He said, I don't remember ever once spending the entire night in Ibadah. And I never once fasted like this the way they said. Okay. However, it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he places in the hearts of the people this good opinion about me. That's the truth. And what I believe, and Allah knows best, is that when, when this happens, that's how Allah is rewarding him. We know that Allah can expand the reward of somebody. We know that Allah can expand the reward of someone who prayed some tahajjud, that he counts it as the whole night. We know that Allah Ta'ala, if somebody's sick and sleeps, that Allah tells the angels, write down his tahajjud that he would have done. We know that if somebody missed out on hajjur umrah, that Allah writes it down, wipe away all his sins as if he had done hajj. We know all these things. So it's not far-fetched to imagine that what Allah put on the tongues of the people and caused Bishr al-Hafi to hear it, what it really means is that this is how Allah is going to reward him. So Bishr became very pensive at that and, and, and emotional about this because he said, I never did this, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala subhanahu wa ta'ala yulqi but Allah puts in the hearts of the ibad okay, a better opinion than what you actually did. It's generosity from Allah. Now, will Allah call, cause the people to think that and He's not going to reward Him with that? You should always realize that anytime that you get a good opinion of Allah Ta'ala and you truly believe that, not out of effort, you actually truly believe that. Allah Ta'ala will not let you down with less than that. It's a great ni'mah. This is from the meaning of Allah Al-Kareem. Imagine you come in to the king's, the king invites you and there's no, there is no true analogy with Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, we all know that, but it is permissible to give something that we understand as long as we recognize there's no full analogy with Allah Ta'ala. Imagine you go into a king's, invites you, and then in your mind... You imagine, oh, today we're going to eat a great dinner. Because the kings invite us. How could a king invite us without us having a great dinner? We're going to have a great dinner today. A generous king, and you, you start saying, oh, today, you know, we're going to have a great dinner. A generous king, now that you believe that, he has to give you, he's, he will get, definitely give you that and more. Because you believed good about him. Now do you think that he's going to let you think good and then he's going to disappoint you? So that you'd say, um, it was a disappointment. The visit to the palace, I thought it was going to be here, it's here. 
I thought I was going to get this, I got this. So if Allah Ta'ala leads you to believe something about him, you should know that that is one of the foreshadows that he will fulfill that for you. And more. Because that's the definition of Al-Kareem. Think of the opposite, would not be Al-Kareem. Right? And that's why if, if anybody ever came to the Messenger وسلم, with a high expectation, he never let them down. Because the Prophet takes on the good these good attributes. The same attributes of generosity. So it's a good that it's a great bishara. And Allah Ta'ala does not give bishara to somebody and then make them believe it and then let them down from it. And who is that? Who are we talking about? We're talking about the pure hearts. Hearts that are clean. He then says, Waqala Bishrun, Bishr said, I saw the messenger, peace be upon him, in my sleep. فَقَالَ لِي يَا بِشْرِ He said, O Bishr, أَتَدْرِي لِمَا رَفَعَكَ اللَّهُ مِنْ بَيْنِ أَقْرَانِكَ Do you know, Bishr, why Allah made you distinct and elevated you amongst all of your colleagues, your أقران, the people you live of your generation? قُلْتُ لَا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ I said, no, Master of Allah. قَالَ بِاتِّبَاعِكَ لِسُنَّتِي Because of how you follow my sunnah. وَخِدْمَتِكَ لِلصَّالِحِينَ خِدْمَتِكَ is majroor following the ba bi ittiba'ika wa bi khidmatika your khidma of the salihin he was not a mujtahid and a mufti himself but he did khidma for the salihin okay he served the righteous one of his things was that if the righteous people were traveling to Baghdad to be students of knowledge or if a scholar came he did he was in khadim for them wa nasihatika li ikhwanik your sincere advice to your brothers وَمَحَبَّتِكَ لِأَصْحَابِي وَأَهْلِ بَيْتِي And you love my companions and my أَهْلِ الْبَيْتِ هُوَ الَّذِي بَلَغَكَ مَنَازِلَ الْأَبْرَارِ By this, you achieved the ranks of the Abrar. Through these deeds. That's why we should really knock about, knock on the doors of every deed. There should not be... Some people say, oh, you can't try to do too much. No. You gotta do... Which you you got to go every path. You don't know which door is going to open up for you. Which door is going to be the one that takes you. Hifth, Al-Quran. At-Tafaqah. Learning fiqh. Deen in general. Khidmat Al-Fuqara. Serving the Fuqara. Beautifying the house of Allah. Dhikr. And Salah on the Prophet wasallam. Teaching kids. Teaching adults. Trying to help people get married. Uh, general Suhbah. Of people, there are some people. The dawah to them is just suhba. Suhba meaning, just hang out with them. All of these things. I'm actually, in a few days, going to make an announcement. A good brother, not going to say who it is, but he's from Australia. Came up to me with an amazing idea that I want to take it to its fullest limits. He's involved with an, an organization that provides, that is on the ground in Yemen, that provides clean water. Tankers of clean water. We're going to get involved in that, big time. One, two, three, four tankers, refilling them constantly. I love when people come and tell me, oh, that doesn't solve the problem, it's just a band-aid. No, it does solve the problem. 
does solve the problem because those people need to drink now. Oh, the, the greater problem is the systemic problem. Don't start talking this nonsense, right? They need to drink now, okay? You want to go philosophize and do think tanks and politics or why is there a water drought in the first place and there's war with Saudi and Iran? You go do that, waste your time. They have a problem drinking now. So we want to solve that problem now. And as I learn information, I'm going to be passing it on to you because it's like something I feel Allah knows best. Maybe one sip of that from a person is going to be the reason why you attain your goal in dunya or akhirah. You just never know. But you have to purify your intention and, and ask Allah to accept it from you. وَسَمِعْتُ بِلَالَ الْخَوَّاسِ Say, كُنْتُ فِي تِيهِ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ فَإِذَا رَجُلٌ يُمَاشِينِ فَتَعَجَّبْتُ مِنْهُ ثُمَّ أُلْهِمْتُ أَنَّهُ الْخَدْرُ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ I was in an area called the village of Bani Israel. Obviously, it's just the name. And a man was walking around me, next to me. I thought to myself, maybe it's Al-Khidr. فَقُلْتُ لَهُ بِحَقِّ الْحَقِّ مَنْ أَنْتْ I said, by the truth of the truth, which is the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who are you? Bihaq is one of the ways that it's a word of swearing. And al-haq, of course, is the name of Allah. فَقَالَ أَخُوكَ الْخِضْرِ I am your brother al-Khadr, alayhi salam. فَقُلْتُ You might be surprised because, I don't know if you know, if you go into the books of uh, Ahl sunnah you find that they hold al-Khadr to be a different type of human being, that he lives a different life, half of it in the dunya and half of it in the barzakh such that he lives, he, he exists and can be physically seen amongst us. Allah alam, that's what they say. Imam al-Nawi is said to have met al-Khidr many times. فَقُلْتُ لَهُ I said to him, أُرِيدُ أَنْ أَسْأَلَكَ I want to ask you. قَالَ سَلْ فَقُلْتُ مَاذَا تَقُولُ فِي الشَّافِعِ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى What do you say about Imam al-Shafi? فَقَالَ هُوَ مِنَ الْأَوْتَادِ He is from the out, the pillars. The pillars of Iman on the earth is a Shafi'i. فَقُلْتُ مَاذَا تَقُولُ فِي أَحْمَدِ بْنِ حَنْبَلِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنَهُ What do you say about Sayyidina Imam Ahmed ibn Hanbal? قَالَ رَجُلٌ صَدِّقٌ He's a Siddiq. Siddiq means مِنْ كِبَارِ الْأَوْلِيَاءِ Okay. قُلْتُ فَمَاذَا تَقُولُ فِي بِشْرِ بْنِ الْحَارِثِ الْحَافِي What do you say about Bishr al-Hafi? فَقَالَ لَمْ يُخْلَقْ مِثْلَهُ بَعْدَهُ no one like him will be created after this. He said, By what means did I see you? Like, why am I seeing you right now? What deed caused me to see you? You're good to your mom. Like, it's this, this path, the spiritual path, by the way, is very simple because it's for everybody. So if you look at the deeds that cause a person to draw near to Allah, you find it to be very simple. They're not big because they come for the literate, the illiterate, the rich and the poor, all these people like prayer at night, anyone could do it. Fasting, anyone could do it. Wudu, when you don't want to make wudu, anyone could do it. For example, if a person is late at night and they have relations with their spouse, there's a sunnah to go and re... Um, redo uh, your 
to wash off the najasa and then make wudu. That's the sunnah. Now, it may be like one in the morning. I don't want to do that. That's what the Prophet called al wudu and al karhiyat. Wudu when you don't want to do it. Al karhiyat. Wudu on a cold winter morning. To be quite honest with you, if you don't have a khuf in the winter, you're missing out on a lot of a lot of ease in life. Khuf. Right. Has the khuf been a game changer? It's a game changer. It is a game changer. Guys, make dua. Raya is just, he, he left the studio, uh, this, this computer seat. He's not sleeping over there. He's sick. So make dua for this brother. Raya, well, I think right after this, you go home and sleep and eat your mom's food. Um, whatever responsibilities you have today, you just tell me what they are. We'll take it over. Sister Tasneem will take it over if it's related to Arcview. Yeah, okay, so we'll open up that and we could zoom you in for the melod. You could listen to it because we, we now are, we're calling it now the night of Salah on the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And it's going to be a really nice, um, uh, we're going to read part of the Habib Omar's poems and then we're going to do a different Salah each time. And there's a PDF for it, inshallah ta'ala. Okay, so we have a beat, like a, I guess it's like a, a fuzzy bean bag or something. And Rai just collapsed on it. But the khuf, the khuf is really like something special. Such a great rukhsa. It's unbelievable rukhsa, to be honest with you. The khuf. Qala Abu Abdullah Ahmad ibn al-Jalla. Ra'aytu noon al-Misri. I saw the noon al-Misri. He is the Nubian wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the early times. Wa kanat lahu ibara. Wa ra'aytu sa... What was special about the Noon and Misri? He had expressions. He was able to express himself with sayings that, that were amazing. And I saw Sahl ibn Abdullah Tustari. What was his saying? He, could, he had Ishara. Ishara is almost like a very subtle um, observation. An observation no one else would have made. And I saw Bishr. And what was he distinct for? Wara. Wara, if haram is here, the wara is way over here. Like he doesn't even come close. He avoids the makruh. He treats the makruh as if it's haram. If you treat the makruh as if it's haram, you'll never fall into the haram. Okay. He said, who did you lean to? You, you saw all three of them. Who was your, you more connected to? He said, Bishr ibn al-Harith. وَقِيلَ إِنَّهُ سِنِينَ فَلَمْ يَأْكُلْهُ He desired, uh, uh, it's baqillah is the stuff that grows from the ground that's almost like legumes. He wanted, he, he had a shahwa for it, but he wanted to, to minimize the power of his desires. So he didn't eat it for years. Not that, see, see, one of the things that is very good for discipline and the ahlit to self, they're all about it, is that the shahwa, you don't want to feed this thing. You don't want the desires, the temptation, the desire, shahwa is the desire for, the natural desires, food, all these things. He didn't want it to grow. He wanted it to shrink. So whatever he desired, he actually went, would not have it. 
فَرُؤِيَ فِي الْمَنَامِ بَعْدَ وَفَاتِهِ He was seen in a dream after his sleep. فَقِيلَ لَهُ مَا فَعَلَ اللَّهُ بِكَ What did Allah do with you? He was asked. He said, Allah forgave me. And he said, كُلْ يَا مَنْ لَمْ يَأْكُلْ And Allah says, said to me, Eat, O you who deprived yourself from food. وَشْرَبْ يَا مَنْ لَمْ يَشْرَبْ And drink, you who never drink. وَقَالَ بِشْرْ لَا يَحْتَمِلِ الْحَلَالَ السِّرْفِ وَقَالَ أَيْضًا لَا يَجِدْ حَلَاوَةَ الْآخِرَ رَجْلٌ يُحِبُّ أَنْ يَعْرِفُهُ النَّاسِ Bishr al-Hafi said, bemoaning that it's very hard to find pure 100% something is halal. And he's talking about not the end product, but the chain of products. So everything that we have in our hands, it came through a chain of things. And he's, al-halal al-sirf is from from like farm to table, everything is halal. Like that. And he's also said that if you always want to be with people, if you always want to be known by people, you will never taste the sweetness of iman. The sweetness of iman and the way people reason the, these salihin behave the way they behave. They have private time with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all the time. They're private. Their ibad is private. They spend most of their time alone with Allah ta'ala. Therefore, in the pub, that affects their public life. They, they're not interested in, they're not motivated by getting people's attention. رُؤِيَ بِشْرُ الْحَافِي فِي الْمَنَامِ بِشْرُ الْحَافِي was seen in his dream. فَقِيلَ لَهُ مَا فَعَلَ اللَّهُ بِكَ He was told, what did Allah do with you? فَقَالَ غَفَرَ لِي He forgave my sins. وَأَبَاحَ لِي نِسْفَ الْجَنَّةِ He permitted me half the jannah. وَقَالَ لِي يَا بِشْرُ And he said, O Bishr, لَوْ سَجَدْتَ لِي عَلَى الْجَمْرِ مَا أَدَّيْتَ شُكْرَ مَا جَعَلْتَهُ لَكَ فِي قُلُوبِ عِبَادِي he says, if you were to even prostrate, if you were to prostrate to me on a bed of hot coals, it would not fulfill the gratitude of what I have placed about you in the hearts of my servants. In other words, that's good news. He's basically, he's saying, I have made my servants love you so much. They, they will love you so much that you cannot possibly be grateful for this. That's what he was saying. I entry number 24 Omar al-Haddad has nothing to do with Abdullah bin Alawi al-Haddad Abu Hafs Omar ibn Maslama al-Haddad he died around 260 Hijri which is 874 of the current era he is from a a village called Kurdabad Kurdabath, and it's it's in Persia by Nishapur. وَكَانَ أَحَدُ الْأَئِمَّةِ وَالسَّادَةِ He was an imam and a chief of his people. قَالَ الْمَعَاصِي بَرِيدُ الْكُفْرِ Since it's like the advertisement of disbelief. كَمَا أَنَّ الْحِمَى بَرِيدُ الْمَوْتِ Just as fever is the advertisement of death. وَقَالَ بَرِيدُ is more like the mailman, right? It's the mailman. إِذَا رَأَيْتَ الْمُرِيدُ يُحِبُّ السَّمَاعُ فَعَلَمْ أَنَّ فِيهِ بَقِيَّةٌ مِّنَ الْبَطَالَةِ If you see a murid and all he loves is just singing, 
then he still has some laziness in him. And sort of falsehood. Yeah. If that's, sometimes you see someone, he's a, he loves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he's on the deen, but all he does, his whole thing is just nasheed, nasheed, qasida, qasida, all, all day and all night. He said that's, he's still, he's not right. He's not complete. وَقَالَ حُسْنُ أَدَبْ الظَّاهِرُ حُسْنُ أَدَبِ الظَّاهِرِ عِنْوَانُ حُسْنِ أَدَبْ الْبَاطِنِ He said the good manners and good adab in the outward of things. That means, for example, you're trying to pray properly, you take the outward of your religion properly. That's a sign, that's an indicator, that's a billboard for good adab on the inside. Why? Is because when Allah tells you, cover this, eat, don't eat this, pray like this, and you don't do that, you're basically saying, I don't think that's important. I think it's a detail. And in matters of rituals, and in all the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is not up to us to decide what's a detail, what's not. If a matter is qat'i, or it's dhanni with an ijma'ah, and it's a commandment from Allah, and we know it's a commandment, there's no debate about it, or a prohibition, and there's no debate about it, then it's, that's what's up to us to determine. It's not up to us to determine why, to, to, to detail. We, we, our measure is irrelevant. Uh, Prophet, peace be upon him, forbade silk for men to wear. And I have now a little item handkerchief here that's made of silk and I just put it and someone says by the way that handkerchief is haram for you to wear yeah what's that yeah yeah then it's not if it's mixed then that's a discussion but if it's pure silk, right? A pure silk handkerchief. And someone says, hey, by the way, it's haram. Bro, it's just a handkerchief. Literally, and he says something sarcastic. Oh, wait a second. So God above seven heavens cares about what kind of heaven ha- handkerchief I have. We say, now the question is not about handkerchief. The question is, how many lashes? Because you're making, you, you, you have an attitude with Allah now. Okay. Or the movements of Salah. The movement of Salah. There's a Sunnah. There are Sunan of the Hay'a so that your back should be straight. That's a Hay'a. Okay. Uh, what is this? There's a Sunnah that the Prophet used to keep his arm, his fingers spread in the Ruku'ah. Like when he would hold his knees. That's, a, that's like a, a light Sunnah. It's a, it's, it's a Hay'a. But nobody should belittle these things. That's a bad adab on your behalf. There's, and you say, I don't understand why the Prophet would do this. Your understanding is irrelevant. You don't even understand how you're breathing. You don't understand why oxygen benefits your body. We don't understand anything. You don't understand how skin works. How is your skin like it's porous enough that it could bring in nutrients but it's not so porous that it could harm you. You don't understand anything. Your brain, your opinion is irrelevant. 
when God and his prophet are speaking. That's adab. That's the foundation of all adab. Okay? And if you have children, you have to teach this. And how you teach it, sometimes, if me as a parent gives a commandment and an order, sometimes I explain it, and sometimes not. And if I don't explain it, it's to exercise the function that I don't have to explain anything to you. You are under my roof, which I paid for this, this, everything that you have. I'll have every right to tell you what to do. It, this needs to be exercised every once in a while so that they understand. Yeah, there is a hierarchy here, right? If you don't understand hierarchy, you will have bad adab with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All this started with the French Revolution and flip all these hierarchies and Marxism, flip all the hierarchies because, the hier- because that specific hierarchy was oppressive. Yeah, some, hierarch- some bosses were oppressive, some parents are abusive, some governments were abusive. We all agree with that, but that doesn't mean hierarchy itself is not to be respected. You cannot exist if there was no hierarchy. If the water company did not have a hierarchy and the employees show up when they want to and don't show up, you won't have water. If the coffee shop, the the employees don't show up when they want, hey, I'm going to do my 40 hours, but I'm going to come in at one in the afternoon. We don't have a company. We don't have a store. So how you can train somebody in adab with Allah is by training them with adab in, with the person that you see. Not that you're any analogy to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but you're an analogy of authority. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, this small matter is fard, and it does makes no sense to you, well, to, tough luck. That's how simple it is. And I'm telling you, I am telling you, from my experience, who has the most adab with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is people who had some experience of something like this. And they realize, okay, there's a boss here. There's a boss. That's what he wants. That's, that's, it doesn't matter. If, and then there are some parents, every single thing has to be a discussion. This is the worst parenting. You're doing abuse. You're abusers who does this. The parent that does this. I've even seen like woke parents have meetings with a kid of what the consequence should be of what they just, for something bad that they just did. And they have to crouch down so we could see each other eye to eye and discuss. And you're talking with a three-year-old. Oh, crouch down so it's eye to eye, okay? And then let's talk about how we're going to rectify this, this, this challenge. Challenge? He just smacked his sister. Well, there's no challenge about this, right? You're in trouble. Discussion over. It's not a challenge. It's it's adab. It's bad manners. It's it's wrong. That's it. It's his abuse. Now that kid, if his mom and dad treated him like this, then he can he's going to come in Islam. And this is your creator. They will not know how to interact. They will become these types of progressive that it's all about maqasid al-sharia. Allah has to tell me why he's doing something. The Prophet has to explain to me and I have to understand before I do it. We understand the foundations. Why should I believe in God and the Prophet? Why should I should be convinced of the Qur'an? Why should I hold that the Messenger wasallam is truthful? Why should I hold that this hadith is sound? 100% use your brain on all that. 
That's the difference with, between us and the literalists. They go too far in that. What's the proof? If you're Majnun, there's nothing obligatory upon you. So if you don't have your intellect, okay, if you don't have your intellect, then you don't have to do anything. No hujjah against you. But if you do, then you're responsible. Therefore, what is the difference between t- of takrif? It's the intellect. Okay? So, in hadith, within Islam, if somebody says, a random person, the Prophet ﷺ said that wearing olive green sweaters is haram. I say, what do we say? Show me the narration. You are majhul. You are an unknown entity. I don't have to listen to a word you say. So you have to give me the dalil. That's what we say inside of Islam. What, then outside of Islam, hey, you're all telling me to submit. Okay, give me the proof. Give me the proof that we have a creator and that this is his prophet and that this is his book. There is absolutely nothing wrong for you to say that, to have that attitude. Okay? But now, so, so we do have an element of that. Who's our guest today? Hey, you're still alive, mashallah. Come and take a seat. Who invited you? Ryan? Like who is connecting? You just popped in? Good. You're welcome to pop in at any time. Come and sit down with us. Where's the chocolate? Here. Okay. Tafaddal, sit here and eat this beautiful dark chocolate. Tafaddal. Okay. Now, eat that. How's life with you? You still alive? Good, mashallah. Respect is going to come to a child with age when he earns it. I'm not, don't take it wrong that it's constantly smacking around a kid and humiliating him. No, this is not what we're saying. We're saying just he has to understand there's an authority. He has to understand what that authority is responsible for and what he, what he could do with that other way he can't, Right? He got. He has to understand that boss boss employee relationship has to exist. It has to exist. It, you cannot possibly have a world that turns. Well, how do these companies work? How does governments work? There has to be order here. How do militaries work? So. What did he say? So that's all a, a commentary on a saying that the outward of religion is the indicator of the inward of the heart. Your religion on the outside, your taqwa of things on the outside, okay, is a reflection of your state on the inside. And that's the Ghazalian method of start correcting your, out, your external first. If you can't do that, you definitely can't Correct the inside. If you're painting a tapestry, right? If you're learning how to paint, you need to, to learn how to paint the big lines before you learn the very subtle lines, right? The hardest thing to paint, in, to do in painting is painting a gradient. Painting a sky that's, let's say, going from magenta to navy. Like a, 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 fall, a fall, sorry, a sunset. 
where it's navy at the top and like magenta at the bottom. That is the hardest thing to paint nicely, right? So you don't paint that right away. The easiest thing to paint is a background. Just paint the whole canvas blue, right? That's the easiest thing. Then big lines, then thinner lines, and thinner and thinner and thinner and more details. That's how it works. So you paint the outward first, then the inside. And people say, oh, all these Muslims, they, the outward is all good and Dina, and the inside he's messed up. So he's still cooking. So what? He's still cooking. People always come, oh, so, so-and-so in your mosque did that. Wait, do I have a mosque of angels? Is it called the Masjid of Angels? Angels, they don't need to come to our masjid. Anyone who sits around me who's, who's, who's cooked, he doesn't need to sit around me then, right? I'll sit around him. You people are getting cooked here. Everyone, all of us are getting cooked to a degree. وَقَالَ الْفَتْوَةُ أَدَاءُ الْإِنصَافِ وَتَرْكُ مُطَالَبَةِ الْإِنصَافِ أو الفتوة الفتوة فتوة فتوة is the, the you could say manlyhood or manliness or it's the way of behaving of an upright uh, strong person okay it is fulfilling justice and leaving off what people owe you like to be fatuwa is that you are able to establish justice but you don't really care if people give you what you what they owe you like you're too big that you don't even care okay that's what he said fatuwa is وَقَالَ مَنْ لَمْ يَزِنْ أَفْعَالَهُ وَأَحْوَالَهُ فِي كُلِّ وَقْتٍ بِالْكِتَابِ وَالسُنَّةِ وَلَمْ يَتَّهِمْ خَوَاطِرِهِ وَلَمْ يَتَّهِمْ خَوَاطِرَهُ فَلَا تَعُدُّهُ فِي دِوَانِ الرِّجَالِ If someone does not judge their outward and their, their states, their state that they're in, at every time, every moment, against the book and the sunnah, and he doesn't accuse his thoughts. In other words, he doesn't also assess his thoughts. Like, what, what are my thoughts and why am I thinking these things? Do not count him amongst the men. Ar-Rijal, as we said in Tasawwuf class last Thursday, every Thursday, arc view is Hanbali Fiqh followed by Tasawwuf class. The Rijal is a spiritual station. That does not, it does not mean males when spoken about in the realm of Tasawwuf. It means someone who has Achieved with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a, a, a solid state An excellent state That's called Ar-Rijal Rijalun la tulhihim tijaratun wa la bay'un an dhikrillah Wa iqam salah Men, Rijal They're not distracted By buying Or selling From remembering from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And masajid a masjid established on taqwa from day one is most rightful for you to stand in and pray in. Okay? It has in it rijal, they love to be purified. These are the attributes of rijal. It's time for question and answer, but first, join arcview.org and study with us. Start studying, ilm. All right, uh, lessons in order. This is general majlis, right? It's public dawah, it's general dawah, and it's a general majlis. We may bring up a point of fiqh here and there and a point of aqidah here and there, but you need to study systematically. People who come study with Safina side, they choose a method. 
and they study that method. And it takes time. Marination takes time. You cannot marinate something quickly overnight. And it's rotisserie chicken. That is the best chicken. Health and taste. Okay? The rotisserie chicken and the vicar is the gravy. Right? If you just drank gravy, you'd get sick. Right? If you just ate dry chicken, you wouldn't be happy. So health and happiness. It's a rotisserie chicken that the white meat, may, if it ever got dry, we got plenty of gravy. The gravy is the Sufism, the tasawuf, the dhikr. That's the gravy. We put on a lot of gravy, right? But you have to have something to put the gravy on, right? And that's your study of fiqh, your ibadah, and your sacrifice, right? All that. You need to have that. And that's where there's hardship. Like, it's not easy to do these things. But you need some, something on top of it, right, to, to make it easy. That's the thicker, and that's it. So go to Arcview, all right, and get involved. And support this live stream at patreon.com forward slash Safina Society. I wanted to make it patreon.com forward slash Safina, but somebody had taken it. Somebody who doesn't use it. A model who calls herself Safina. A failed model. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why her or whoever named her that. By the way, there is a f- Italian family called that. That's, I don't know, maybe they're from Sicilian background and some Arabic stuck in. Joseph Safina. I called him. I said, you, I sent him a message through an agent and said, you own Safina.com. And he's sitting on it. He just doesn't want anyone to have the, his last name as a website. I said, I'll buy it from you. He said, all right, how much? He tells the agent, he wants $750,000. I said, this guy's playing games. He's just sitting on, I have to wait till he dies. He wants 750 k for it. I just have to wait till he dies. I, I tracked him down. He's some guy who has some money. He has a yacht in Florida. I think his daughter's the model. I just got to wait till you die. That's it. And, and hope that your daughter loses the, uh, the whole thing, the website. And it, and it goes, you know when you don't pay for the website, right? When you don't pay for the website, the company just puts it back up for sale. That's what I have to hope for. Because I just want to have all the Sifina domains. I actually uh, also uh, inquired about um, getting something from them from the restaurant, Safina Restaurant in Houston, right? Yeah, in Houston they have Safina Restaurant. And it's got like almost 90% R lettering and everything too, right? I said, hey, if we file them a lawsuit, right? If we like file a lawsuit and they would have to change their brand, then they contact us back. We'll make a deal. They can keep the restaurant and at least I get some cut, right? <laughs> but the law- lawyer said, sorry, you don't have a case because they're in a different industry, right? So if I opened up like Adidas toilet paper, they can't sue me because I'm in a total different industry. I guess that's the case. Anyway, there was also Safina, an organization in Canada, and we wrote them a letter. And I think they changed their name too. 
I was like, it's because they were in like Dini stuff. They were like doing stuff the way we're doing it. And um, so I told them. So, so our representative contacted them and said, shut it down. So they changed their name too. Who? Darufetz.org. Darufetz College. You can now go to our Instagram and, and follow Darufetz College. You can follow it on Instagram. And you can learn. Okay, because that's our hardcore stake. Is Darufetz. takes effort to, stu- to work and uh, to study at Darufetz. Okay. There's a new segment of our program. New segment of our program. And that is Clown World Recreational Outrage where we read to you things about this society which make you say we're living in a clown world. Like stuff that is so stupid you can't imagine that it actually exists. Okay? And today I discovered something. Recently, a couple weeks back, I discovered something. Something that to me is the dumbest thing I have ever heard. And it's called professional cuddling. Do you believe you heard about this, Father? What kind of weirdos? What kind of weirdos sign up for buy this stuff? or pay for this stuff, and they come to your house. Let's say I'm tired at night after a long day of work. I want, I don't have a a, a wife. I don't have a husband. Or I want to sit down and watch a movie, but I don't have anyone. I'm all alone. I'm lonely. You actually, there are companies now. You pick the person. That person will come in, snuggle up with you on the couch, Put a blanket and you watch your movie together. And then you, boom, leave a tip and write a much. You don't even know this person. This person's coming in, right? Now, besides that, it's disgusting. And it's so weird for the one, both parties. To me, this is like, all this is, is a loophole for prostitution, right? Because you can't possibly be laying on a bed and there's a person of the opposite gender body to body with you to keep you warm and you're telling me nothing's going on so on the one it's i'll tell you what it's a loophole between your conscience someone says i, I didn't hire a prostitute i just hired a cuddler your conscience and the actual law because it's illegal so obviously what do you think is the number one news story about this okay professional cuddler Accused of having sex with client. Client accused of a sexually assaulting professional cuddler. What the heck did you fools think was going to happen when you opened this industry? Um, t- clown world recreational outrage. That's what it is. Okay. And then you got people. No, I am a professional cuddler. Reddit advertisement. And, but I do not have sex with my clients. That's why you're putting ads in Cuddler. You total in Reddit. You totally missed the point. That's why you're unemployed. What the heck did you think this thing was, right? 
All right. This thing, it's all advert, uh, uh, news stories about people who, oh, uh, I ordered a cuddler, but they wouldn't have sex with me. All right. I ordered a cuddler. Obviously, this person thinks they understood what they is, what it is. It's really insane that this is actually a thing. And I just read these things and my mind blows up and I need to vent with somebody about how stupid, how weird the West, Western civilization has become. Like, why are you people so weird? Okay. You have become weirder than pagan. You are pagans. Everything about you is weird. Okay. Father, what do you think about this? It's so weird. I wouldn't pay for someone. Huh? Whose wife is going out? Imagine you're in a relationship. Oh, what's your job? I'm a cuddler. So you cuddle with other guys. You go into their bed and do everything except sex. And I'm, you think I'm buying that? Or, or, or believing that that's even. And if it's possible, to be honest with you, I'm actually worried about you. You must be gay, right? If you're a dude and either you're a cuddler or you order a cuddler. And nothing goes on, right? You got bigger problems than ordering a cuddler, right? You got bigger issues, right? Whatever happened to straight... Uh, honestly, these people, they don't even know how to commit regular sins anymore. You know, with the World Cup and everything, all the players, they got highlighted. So like Mbappe plays, he gets highlighted and all in the news is all about his whole life, right? I'm looking, oh, they're so proud of him for having now a transgender girlfriend. That, I'm looking, it's a dude. It's a complete, his face is a complete dude. <laughs> he has a transgender girlfriend. I'm like, bruvs. You are a French superstar. I understand you're going to go around committing zina. Can you consult with me and teach you how it's done? <laughs> right? I preach against this stuff 24-7. Right? I know how it should be done. You are screwing up your chance. Khalas, you're doing zina. You don't know anything. Don't waste it at least, right? There's a Moroccan saying, if you're going to steal, steal gold. If you're going to fornicate, find a princess. It's a stupid saying. It's a saying, right? These, they don't even know what they're doing anymore. <laughs> you are going to waste your youth and your all of that time with a... Unbelievable. Uh, and here, they know about her. Inez Rao. A, a dude that became a woman at the age of 16 to 24. It took them all this time. And this is who uh, Kylian Mbappe has chosen for himself. <sighs> okay. Very interesting. Uh, this segment is called Clown World Recreational Outrage, where we, we look at this, this world and how Western society has become. Okay, bro, this, guy, this person is so masculine in the face that the lowering the gaze ruling is in question. Okay? All right. The lower the gaze ruling is in question. Okay? Ajib. Hajib. 
So we need to actually teach the, this new generation of Fusaq how to be a Fasiq. I'm not, whatever happened to the traditional old Kabair, right? <laughs> Wine, okay, I get that, right? We get all that stuff. Fadl, this is uh, a guy or a girl, split second. So, Summer says, there's now a discussion you cannot call mother milk anymore. You have to call it human milk. Anyway. All right. Any, what else before we go to Q&A on Clown World recreational outreach? Because we're living in a clown world. I'll tell you why there's value in this, in this segment. We can't get lost on reality. They're, they're getting people lost on reality, right? Certain things should not be up for discussion. We have to let put that line there. If we start discussing them, then we fall into like what Trump did. We're going to build a wall. Mexico's going to pay for the wall. He got everyone discussing how Mexico's going to pay for the wall, not should there be a wall, right? So when you start, when, when, when the, the reality is spinning out of control, and spinning into different orbits, we cannot let ourselves get to that orbit. Pull me back into the regular orbit of what is actually up for discussion. Okay. So that's that's why I do this. I have to have I have to reground myself in actual reality. I refuse. I refuse to just to get caught up in in the outer space of these fake realities right bring me back to regular reality and regular reality has sins that we all know about the stuff that's like in the quran the stuff that's in every society that every prophet dealt with that's the bad guy you're going to bring me some other bad thing that's five levels removed i'm going to pull you back in all right, let's talk now. Let's take your questions. Open QA session today because we didn't have an open QA session. We're now on segment three. We did stories of the ODA. We transitioned, a weird transition, to clown worlds, recreational outrage. Bring us back to reality. Didn't yes. Someone asked Sayyid Muhammad Ali Mahdi, like, why are there so many ODA in, uh, in Morocco? Yeah, and, and what did he say? He said because of, like, the opposite of it is so prevalent there, too. The magic and all this stuff. Subhanallah. It is very true that why is the in Morocco the, the, the tasawwuf is very big. One of the reasons is because Morocco is also has a lot of fraud, spiritual frauds. And that why do they have a lot of spiritual frauds? Because a lot of the, uh, what are they called? The Amazigh, are, their original religion is pagan. So there is a blurred line a lot of the Amazigh, there's a blurred line between Islam and the, their old pagan uh, stuff. So when the ulama, number one, in order to bring them Islam, the spirituality is the language with them. So there's a false spirituality, there's a true spirituality. And so when they went into to, to the deen, they have to go in knee deep because that Amazigh thing, it still exists. People think it's like 100 and fully Muslim. You go into the mountain ranges. I read a story of one of the Salihin who was died, I think, in the 90s. And he said, 
he was a young Moroccan man, like 25 years old, never heard about anything related to Islam because he was from the uh, mountains. He, and only when he came to the city to work and he had an accident, okay, that cost him his eyesight, that he started to learn about Islam. He literally did not know the Shahada. I'm not even kidding you. His, his book is in Michael Sujik's uh, book on the, 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 the righteous people that he met. When he became a Muslim, he started going to the mosque. And then he did not know what wudu was. He thought that the people making wudu were just washing their hands. He didn't even know what wudu was. So to, this idea is not a far, far-fetched. And people who make, go and make fun of the Moroccans, oh, they have all these weird things. They're doing dawah to, to pagans. That's why some of that stuff seeped in and they had to tolerate some of it because to discuss bigger issues. In the same way that we American Muslims, we have a lot of people who are working on themselves and they're not there yet and they have pasts. You get a person with a 40-year past and they're trying to come into Islam. There's going to be a lot of things that they're still working on, right? And a lot of things they cannot change. Because they're just embedded in the family. If I deal with this now, it'll break up my whole family. So they're just going straight little by little. So they're, they're, when I say tolerance, that's the type of tolerance I mean. Someone who's penitent, who's working on themselves. They understand the rulings. But they just it's going to be a slow development. We have to accept that. Is being, the Baha'i Bee says, is being a social worker haram? As I've heard from a cultural point of view, they are haram home wreckers. I actually think that upright homework, uh, social workers who don't just take people's home kids away, if you could do that, where you're not just taking kids away, like a policy, boom, a complaint, take the kids away. I think that's disastrous. If you have to do that, then don't do it. But if you could do be a social worker where you're not doing things like that and you're tempering it and, uh, and, and being more reasonable, then yeah. We're, I, we're on segment number three, open QA. Anything goes, but preferably matters of deen, questions related to the deen. Wali Ashavadi, regular reality does not be bussin', and I can confirm. Yes, he is confirming. Regular reality. We need old-fashioned reality, okay? That's what I'm down with. It's good and it's bad. And you're going to go and, and, and bring some, some lunacy. What's Moab says? Calling out a leader who is oppressive. But he's talking about the Medchalis. Medchalis do not believe that you, could out, you can speak out against a leader in public by name because that would cause chaos in the society. And honestly, if I was a ruler, I would invite all these madkhalis. Come. You're all about obeying the leader. Now obey me. You do the maulid there. I want you to chick pick a madhab and practice it there. You, I want you to teach an ashari aqidah there. Obey me. I'm your ruler. That's what they believe, right? Obey the ruler. No matter what. If I ever had a country, if I ruled a city-state, madkhalis, come. Free visa. So you can obey me. Because you're all about obeying the ruler. Muhammad bin Salman hosts ridiculous concerts and fawahish. Zip it. 
Your own sheikh says, if he commits zina, and he skips salah, and he commits the acts of qamlut, obey your ruler. Any ruler would want you, right? We would want you in our country. You're like gold for them. Uh, the truth of the matter is that they, what is correct seems to be that if calling the ruler in public would not lead to social anarchy or oppression or lashing out by the ruler, then there is room for that. And if calling out the ruler would cause the people to rile up and that um, uh, it would cause him to have a reaction of oppression against the people, then it is mahdur minhu. Okay? It should be weighed in that respect. Why do I say that? Because from the Sahaba and from the Tabi'een, we have actions of that. Uh, there was a ruler, governor from Bani Umayyah. He came in and he practiced Salat al-Eid incorrectly. He treated it like Jum'ah. He got up to give the uh, uh, khutbah first, not the prayer first. A sahabi was there and he corrected him. Another time he came and the, uh, to give the Jum'ah khutbah and the signs of drinking was on him. He was a little bit not right in the head. Okay, because of drinking. He was called out. Okay, by, by, his, by a sahabi. So you do have cases like that where the ruler was called out. And you have the example of Malik, who knew that the ruler, there's more good in him than bad, he treated him with respect. He never called him out, but he did. For example, one time, the governor of Medina came to Eid prayer. Wait, was it Eid or Istisqa? I think it was Istisqa prayer, maybe. Or maybe, no, it was Eid, Eid. With banners and flags officialdom and Malik said la hawla wa illa billah so he expressed displeasure with the ruler then he heard the ruler the governor heard that Malik was upset he said what is it yeah Abu Abdullah he said this is not how he said it's how you came that's what I'm upset about and that's not how we approach Eid we approach Eid with humility hoping to be forgiven to this do this act of, of sunnah, mu'akkadah. So, sometimes it exists and sometimes it didn't. It, it has to be a balance. Okay? It has to be weighed out by the, the, the alim. And the silence of the alim is not always his approval. He may know that silence is necessary in order to uh, avoid a greater harm, then that's the, he has his right to do. So I would say about that, the Madhkhalis are not 100% right, they're not 100% wrong. Does du'a during snow has the same benefit as du'a during rain? I believe it, yes. Saying someone should take off their hijab because they wear makeup is ignorant of the fact that people sin. I agree with that. Okay. Um expecting somebody just because you can't do everything does not mean you shouldn't do some of it so that's like uh, uh when a guy like andrew tate says i'm a muslim now right all right he has to do that well oh what's your reaction nothing he has to do that you got to submit to your god uh okay well he does this that and the other so blame him then 
right? Give him his right as a Muslim and blame him for his sins. Or wait until some time passes, firstly to see if this he's actually a Muslim, like genuinely, unlike like Kyrie Irving, which I told you all from the start, just pause on this guy because he's erratic. And it, I, it turned out to be right, right? I turned out to be right about him. Uh, secondly, because he's, he's not a Muslim as we know it. He says, I'm a universalist. And Islam was just like a slice. And you, do you see the guy? Oh, he has to be escorted to break his fast. Drink water and end it, right? He has to be escorted to the locker room by three security guards to eat a banana because he's fasting. I know the guy. This, the guy was erratic. Anyway, may Allah guide him. Maybe he'll become Muslim properly. But when you see something like that, you give due to where it's due. And you ask people to complete and you support them to try to complete what they're missing. Not leave it all if you're not going to do it all. And it's different when you say that uh, to someone born in Islam, right? When someone's born in Islam and they're born to a pious household, they're going to be approached differently than um, somebody who's coming in to making tawbah. All right. How do you know if someone has performed sihr on you? To be quite honest, I don't know. Uh, we have a raqi here in New Jersey. Our life, life of Vader... Um, come to MBIC we have a Raqi here who can help you I have a job interview it says where the daffodils grow please make dua that it goes well may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give you tawfiq and, and, and grant you what is best in your uh, in your job interview what's the opinion on gems and them having different benefits says Haraman Harman Moody um if, it, if you believe that it's a spiritual unseen benefit, then that would enter the realm of prohibition, without a doubt. Like it's going to bring me good luck and all that stuff. We don't believe in any of that nonsense. If you believe that it physically, but touching your skin, can help your joints, I don't know how, then we say it's, it's a science it's a scientific claim now, right? You see the separation that we're making? The first thing is, what claim? what is the claim? Are you saying that it's going to bring you some spiritual blessing of some sorts? Then no, exit out completely. But are you saying that no wearing a bracelet is going to help my arthritis or something? That it has a scientific benefit? Then we say it's a scientific claim. Immediately we're outside of halal and haram. Once you say that. But we are in the realm of science now so prove it we're in the realm of demonstrative knowledge can you give me a demonstration that it works for example i have a lotion in the house that the claim is that put it on your rub it on your joints your joints stop hurting it works simple as that it works enough that there's a company based upon it and people buy it that's what we're saying. Once you say it's a scientific claim, give us a report. Make a demonstration. And pseudoscience is scientific claims that have no experimentation or demonstration behind them. That's what we call pseudoscience. Uh, applying pseudoscience will never be sinful. At most, it will be wasteful. It's just a waste of time. And 
and I'll tell you the sign of pseudoscience is that people get very attached, right, to it, to the claim. And they built like little cults around it. That's a sign of pseudoscience. It's more an emotional belief. Are you making a scientific claim? Then prove it. Okay. That's it. Al Yamama says, Can you clarify the question about praying for the deceased on the first night of the burial? I never heard of Salat al Wahsha. I never heard of that. It's just general uh, open ended dua. That's it. When someone dies, what do we do for them? Open ended dua, nothing more, nothing less. Art by Fatima says, Salamu alaikum. What is the Islamic ruling on drawing, painting, portraits, facial features? The, you're you're going to have two parameters there. The first parameter is that, is it three-dimensional or two-dimensional? Does it have a shadow or not have a shadow? So she said painting, therefore it's two-dimensional. The second parameter, is it, are you painting something the way it is? Could it live? For example, a full human can live, right? A human without a hand can live. But a half-human, no, can't live, right? A half-human cannot live. It'd be dead. A horse a horse with a broken leg, with, with three legs, not four. It can't live. That's the second parameter. If there's one of the two parameters, then it's makru. If there's both parameters, it's haram. So if I was to draw two-dimensional, a full per- person, that's makru. If I was to draw a face, that's halal. Same with animals. And as for non-living stuff like plants, all of it's halal. Plants and non and, and and rocks and mountains, all of that is halal. What's your TT Ansari? What is your opinion on Adnan Ibrahim? He has a lot of bid'ah and he's a perennialist, and some of what he says is even bid'ah mukaffirah. What if you drew a human with a hole in the heart? Then it is cannot live. So you've you've uh, you don't have either of the two parameters so it becomes halal when we say a'udhu billah are we asking refuge from shaitan or all shayateen whatever you are seeking refuge from in your heart and in your mind that's what you're seeking refuge from and if you seek refuge from Allah it means from everything in a sense if I say I seek refuge in Allah from you okay, then if you are in the refuge of Allah nothing can harm you let's go to YouTube and see what they're saying Uga Panda, do you know any works in English in regards protecting the wife? I always hear protection of wife, but I don't see much expanding. So what are the harms that could come to a woman? Right? That's it. Just ask around. Ask Mary. You don't need a book for this. Ask husbands. Hey, what does it mean, protect your wife? What does it mean uh, to protect my kids? Right? Uh, Ask them. So I would say online bullying counts. Let's say your wife, for some reason, has some kind of presence online for whatever reason, and people are bullying her. You got to protect her from that. A guy's texting her, bullying her. Got to protect her from that. Call the number. Uh... A guy in the supermarket makes a comment to your wife. You got to protect her from that. You got to protect her from hunger. You got to protect her from 
not having a roof, all that stuff. So that's that's basically it's protection. Just ask the Muslim men that got married, what does it mean to protect my wife? Because it's, it's going to be different this in this era than in the past. In the past era, if she walked to the marketplace, maybe in certain societies, that was dangerous. There could be a Mongol invasion, right? In the old days. You never know. There's crusaders walking around. Who knows? Different eras are different. Different parts of town are different. Hey, we part of town, you walk all day, no one will touch you. And there are other towns in which um, you can't even take a stroll down the street. I, I told you this story many times. When I was in New Haven, I was picking up a brother. And he said, give me five minutes. So I got out of the car and took a walk up and down the street. He yelled from the balcony. He said, what are you doing? So I'm just taking a walk while you come down. He said, get back in your car. You're going to get yourself killed. I was like, what? He said, get back in your car. It's not a street to take a walk, right? And lock your door, he said. I was like, wow, I didn't know that. So every street is different. Parts of town are different. Shockwave, the new X-Men. I'm taking a big step towards marriage. Dua is requested. Another person asks, um, what to read after istikhara for marriage? He used to do istishara. Istishara, which means ask the people who know this person if they're married, if they're marriage quality, if they're marriage ready, all that stuff. That's called istishara, asking the experts. German Ethics Council calls for legalizing incest between siblings. Yeah, clown world continues and is spreading. Like the outright paganism now. Like the stuff that you read in the past and you're like, people worshipped rocks? How stupid. People worshipped stone gods? How stupid, right? Uh, uh, ancient Egyptians and Persian royalty used to intermarry and commit incest to keep the royal lineage how crazy all that crazy paganism is now taking different forms and all of this comes down to one very simple concept and difference between islam christianity and judaism and paganism and that is the three religions believe god made you and has and he is the guide of what to do with your body he is the legislator Paganism does not believe that you, they, may, they render you to be the legislator. You do whatever you want with your body. And two people can do whatever they consent to do to each other's body. If I want to end my body, I have the right to do that, according to uh, uh, this concept. And that's why euthanasia, self-killing, is all permitted now. Suicide, assisted suicide, is permitted. I said it before, this the business is not going to work. You can't get repeat customers. Every business succeeds by repeat customers, right? You can only kill yourself once. So, Can a woman offer salah when she's not fully covered? No, she has to cover the aura of, uh, the same aura that she would cover in front of a foreign man. Everything but the hands and the face. Are du'as uh, at tahajjud always accepted? What can I do to make it more likely to be accepted? Now remember, in the last third of the night, there is a time in which, if you are awake at that hour, like it's like a window imagine from three to six from two to five that the king is going to open up his door and anybody who wants something can have it 
But that period of time is like 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, right? So if I, if that, that's shifting every night, it's shifting. And it may be longer than that. But that's what the Prophet and, and some opinion is that it's the entire last third of the night. So if you want it, get a, 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 whole, a, a greater chance of acceptance, then hit the last third of the night and be up for at least 5, 10, 20 minutes and make your dua every last third of the night. Okay? When you live like this, you, you will not ever imagine. Poss- you would feel terrible if you ever missed the last third of the night. What's your opinion on someone who says Allah's will changes? Where's the executioner? Allah's will changes. Allah has different wills is the correct expression. He has a will for you and a will for you and a will for the Asi and a will for the righteous. That is correct. But his will, none of the attributes of Allah change. Ever. Okay? They did never change. Some Musas, I'm trying to practice zuhd. How do I know, though, that it's coming from a pure intention and not from failing at being a, a high roller in the first place? Cognitive dissonance is at play. The zuhd of the poor is that you not, is that every day when you're eating, decrease one bite of your food and secondly if you happen to be poor then it does make sense that that's the door that Allah opened for you zuhud it's easy for you right just like the rich person what's the door that's uh, easy for the rich person to do charity right so whatever Allah makes easy for you maybe that's the door he wants you to be in and how do I know if I'm sincere when you start getting rich, right? And you have now the opportunity to now buy cars that you couldn't buy before and clothes and homes that you couldn't buy before. Now you have to question yourself. Uh, Hey, was I sincere about this? Let's say you support a family and you're a rich guy that says, I commit to supporting this family. And your charity for that family consists of 2% of your monthly income. So it doesn't hurt you. But now you become poor and that charity becomes 10% and, and 20% and 30%. Now your commitment is up for question now. So the commitment, will, you will be tested on your commitment. That's why the Prophet said, go easy in this deen. Because the deen will defeat you if you go too hard. So go easy. What's your zuhud? Decrease of your food just one bite each time. That means if I want to pour for myself five scoops, take one teaspoon and put one teaspoon back every day. That's it. That's your zuhud. That's enough. Regarding making up missed prayers, should they be completed prior to sunnah prayers? Don't pray sunnahs as long as you have qada in the Madiki school. There's no point in praying sunnah if you have qada. You owe me rent, but you came and gave me a gift. I don't want your gift. Give me my rent. Right? That's the meaning. The BJP are vulgar people. BJP of all people criticized it for being vulgar. Uh, what they criticized what I can't remember what they criticized, but yeah. Anyway, no worry about the BJP. These are the last people that you have to worry about. Zafail. Okay. 
It says, Is it possible for me to follow tariq without a sheikh? I have books but no teacher. Yes, you've practiced tasawuf as much as you can and you engage in salah on the Prophet as much as you can. Okay, And that is your tasawuf until Allah blesses you with somebody that you trust and that can guide you along the way in the hard questions that you have. Uh, Is fasting zuhud? Yes, that could be your portion of zuhud can be fasting. How do I toughen our how do we toughen our mind while being soft? The best way to, to engage in mental toughness is to follow the law of Allah and the Sunnah of the Prophet and where you're weak, have courage. Because that's really for us, that's what mental toughness is. It's trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in fulfilling obligations and prohibitions and defending those who need to be defended and standing up for those who need to be stood up for. Tough, mental toughness for us is not in, uh, in, in the, just your personality. Mental toughness, it can be developed. And the real toughness that we care about is trust in Allah. Right? So how do I do that? You put the sharia as your grade. That's your, that's your scorecard. If, I'm, if I'm, I can't fulfill it, that's cowardice. If I can fulfill it, that's courage. That's what, that's what we put as our uh, scorecard. Let's, this person is saying that they got qada, 25 qada prayers in a day. Can I do 25 fajr, then 25 dhuhr? That's too much. Okay, that's too much. Maximum, you should do five. And minimum, one. So fajr, and then repeat fajr one to five times. Dhuhr, one to five times. So let's say I'm, I'm committing to do one qada for every salah. So if I owe one year of, of prayers, I didn't pray for a year, I, I hit Bulugh, and then I started praying, I don't know how much later, but it's not more than a year, def, like nine or ten months afterwards. So let's just say in a year is, is definitely I, uh, less than a year. So you pray every prayer twice for a year. That's how you fulfill your qada. Life of Vader says, how do we balance people who claim to be Sufi sheikh, but their tajweed isn't the best, and they aren't scholars? No, you want to know? You want to go and be involved with somebody who knows the fundamentals of Islam. At least it doesn't have to be a, a mufti, but he should be. He should know his way in and out of, of of knowledge. Okay. Lose losing faith in du'a. It's not losing faith in du'a. You need to strengthen your iman in Allah Subhanahu. Anytime that you lose faith in du'a, read a lot of Quran. Strengthen your iman. You need your iman is the foundation of your house. You need to pour some cement in there. Then you will have faith in du'a. And du'a, it takes time. It takes four years to get a high school diploma, which is essentially worthless, right? It's, it's only worth it because society needs, you need it, right? But it's, and, and, and once you get a high school diploma, do you, does anyone hang a high school diploma on their wall? But it took four years to get that, right? So your du'a may take two, three years. You have to be able to do that. A, medic, a, a, a BA in anything other than IT, is essentially useless, right? Can't do anything with it, unless it's IT. Then you work right away out of, out of, out of a bachelor's. What's your BA in? Computer science. Do you have a job? Not yet. So even sometimes it's not worth, but, but you could get a job in computer science, right? Like most computer science degrees, all you need is a BA to get the job, right? So 
Everything else is useless, though. Degree in what? Literature? Okay, so you can read. So you can read how to fill out unemployment applications, right? To get some unemployment. Because they're all unemployed, right? This whole thing is a trick. All the liberal arts is to get you to get a master's. And they let you get a PhD. Oh, you can't do... It's not enough. BA, BA in liberal arts? Not, not enough. Get a master's. This is to, the colleges to employ themselves. You know the bloating of college administration, just giving jobs to their friends. That's all it is. If you go back to the ancient old days of like Cambridge and Harvard, there was like a dean, a bunch of professors, and then like one secretary. Now it's like at every turn, there's an administration and, a, and an administrator. They're just giving jobs to their friends because there's too many people who are in, in higher education who are useless. So they create jobs for them. Like you go to the NFL today. What is this? The, oh, that's the kicking coach. He teaches them how to kick. That's the equipment manager. But the players can't move their equipment. That's the guy who washes the jerseys. That's the guy who uh, uh, teaches them, the receivers, how to catch. This is when he teaches the linemen how to block. Go, go back in the time of Vince Lombardi as a head coach and an assistant coach and an administrator. He hires the team bus. He washes the jerseys. He does everything. Oh, this is the sideline coach. This is the guy who feeds them water. That, this, that's one of the craziest things. You got a guy, a lineman, he's 380 pounds, and this little woman comes, oh, giving him a drink. And this guy, oh, giving him a drink through his mask. Wait, he can't do this? Literally, you have a guy going around giving them water, right? Do you do that to your, for your husband? Do you do that for your wife, right? Oh, here, Habibi, have some water, right? If, if you saw that in a house, if you go to visit a guy's house, right? And you saw the guy's wife come up to him with a Gatorade bottle. Oh, have you, you, you thirsty? Here. You'd say, this is abuse. You'd say, this is a whacked woman, right? Who's, who's, who's suffering from a, a, a Stockholm Syndrome, right? <laughs> this is a family. We don't want to be part of this family. We don't want to visit these family again. If you saw less than that, every time the guy... The, the woman comes up every time he's, he moves positions. If he sits at the table, she brings him a drink. If he goes to the couch, he brings... And if you saw the opposite, the guy going up to his wife every time that she, she moved to the kitchen, oh, okay, can I get you a drink? Oh, if she moves to the living room, can I get you anything? You say, this is a whipped man, right? Yet, why is it that we accept it? Like on the sidelines of an American football game, you got a guy running, and in basketball, running to give the guy a towel. What, that player, he just ran up and down the court 50 times. When he goes to the bench, he can't walk two inches to get himself a towel? He just ran 50 miles on the court. He can't go 50 meters to get a towel? To get a drink? They're just given jobs. But for somehow our society, we've accepted that. And that's a job. That's someone's daughter. Do you think about that? That's a, there's a guy watching the game. His own daughter is going and giving drinks to these sweaty, disgusting, 500-pound linemen who, who they don't even know. You're serving him so slavishly and giving him a towel to wipe his disgusting face. Right? Weird. We should have put that part of Clown World uh, recreational outrage.
Albanian revert. Assalamu alaikum. Are the income from a job at hospital radiology department where you have to perform exam on opposite gender haram? The, the income and the job is generally haram and you should just try to avoid touching males that you don't have to. Halal, I mean. Anam Lodi, I have a BA in philosophy and sociology, ended up going into teaching. That's all they could do. Oh, that's why all these, by the way, all these trans and all these woke uh, liberal arts people, that's why they go into teaching elementary school. That's all, like skill-wise, that's all they're good for, skill-wise. But also it's part of the agenda to make them all part of them, to preach, to groom. A Lodi, now we have Q Lodi, must be twins. Hanzala Sikha says, I don't understand what's wrong with that. More job opportunities, more economic growth. It's all a waste of time. Because they're, 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 they're useless positions. Right. I prayed Dhuhr at home and ended up going to the masjid a little later and they were praying Dhuhr. You joined them. Yeah, you joined them. Faradinho. I guess he's from Brazil, or it's a, it's a girl from Brazil. Are we going to keep our names in Jannah? Yes. Yes. And you may have added names to you. You may get new names too. How do we... Uh, if you draw a 2D fish, is it makru? Makru, that's it. If it's the whole fish. Because fish is part of an animal's. Uh, as, as an animal how much dhikr should be in our khalwa a thousand salawats on the prophet one or two juz of quran a chapter or two or the whole dala'ilul khayrat like that one hour two hours is it true that ibn kathir said mansur al-hallaj was a magician i don't know enzi says is viewing makruh art the same as producing it such as if you watch a cartoon when the character is drawn as full people Good question, probably. But Allah knows best. Can you speak a bit about Sheikh Nuh Hamim Keller? Soon we will be advertising for you uh, a coupon code to buy his book, Quran Beheld. Very soon. Using the Fourth Amendment, Hellish Razor. I think he meant the Fifth Amendment, where you, where you don't speak. Can you pray makeup prayers in congregation? Yes. What is your opinion on someone who says Allah's will change? We answered that and we said Allah's will is an attribute of His. They never change. Are you going? Dengis Sakari says. May I humbly ask small dua? Yes, you can. May Allah Ta'ala make you happy in the dunya and the akhirah. How, how beautiful is that dua? May Allah make you happy in dunya and akhirah. Everything's in that. Because happiness in akhirah means good deen. That your deen is accepted. Your taqwa and iman is accepted. And happiness in the dunya is what we want. Right? Trying to get through the questions. There's a lot of talking back and forth. So, 
What is the ruling on someone, says Khalil, who says that Allah can change his will? We say about that is that what you learned about Allah's will changed. What the person means, I think, is the saying that, for example, stories where a person was told that they have a limit, then they made dua, then they received it, the matter, whatever. What we say about that, what you learned, you learned your knowledge of Allah's will changed, not the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay. All right, let's... Khadija Asif says, do we have to do two rakahs of the masjid when you walk in during the khutbah of Jummah? No, you're, we're not allowed as Malikiyah to do that. We have to listen to the khutbah. We don't pray while the khatib is speaking. Most of my known relatives married their cousin, then they're healthy and they have children. There's a debate about marrying cousins. What's the meaning, says Sophia, of the last ayah of Surah Al-Furqan? قُلْ مَا يَعْبَأُ بِكُمْ رَبِّي لَوْ لَا دُعَاءَكُمْ Say, my Lord would pay no attention to you if you're not for dua. He would not take care of you if it were not for your dua. فَقَدْ كَدَّبْتُمْ فَسَوْفَ يَكُونُ لِزَامًا Just, that's how important it is for us to make dua. Allah would pay no heed to you if it was not for your dua. Okay. We should always be in a state of prayer. And supplicate Allah. And Allah is telling you, be selfish. Be selfish. Ask me for the good things that you want of life. That's You're developing that way. You're coming near to Allah and learning more about Him and loving Him more that way. Dr. Idi Dayabwa says... What about some books written by Sunni scholars with the intention that they will suffice a person even if the person has no physical shaykh? It means that will suffice a person's knowledge or as a, retin- or, or as a uh, um, regiment of their dhikr. That's what it means. But you always need a human living shaykh because you have human living problems. And it's very good that you, you'll need to bounce them off them. So someone says like Khalil, Mukhtasar Khalil. It suffices you in fiqh. Yeah, but I still need someone to, to a- help me answer the, qu- the new questions of life or my certain X factors that developed in life. That's what the purpose of shiuch are. Okay. I want to go back to hib, but I remember that sinning makes it hard to remember the Quran, says Anza. That's correct and specifically the sins of the eyes, the ear, and the tongue. Well, that's most of sins, right? But you should keep fighting and keep memorizing the Qur'an until those sins go away from you. Reem, I don't understand why you have to redo the prayer if you're considered not even Muslim when you miss the Salah. You don't have to make up your prayers if you're a convert. You only have to make up your prayers if you are a Muslim and didn't, that it was baligh aqil, meaning you were physically of past puberty and you had your sanity with you and you purposely didn't pray or you were ignorant that you had to pray, but you were a Muslim, so you owe those prayers. But someone who converts into Islam does not owe those prayers. Fadl, what do you have to say today? Dr. Idi says, what's the judgment regarding a tariqah 
that has no long chain of Shaykh back to the Prophet, but simply from the Shaykh directly, and he says the, uh, uh, the dreams of the Prophet, and that's my Shaykh, we say he would be judged by his peers who do have a Senate. That would be his Senate. If they judge him to be, yes, he is upholding the Sharia and his guidance is correct and his method of guiding you is correct, then that becomes his Senate. His peers become his Senate. He has to get that. So in a sense, he's still getting a Senate, but from his peers. His peers are confirming him. Then we can go with him. If his peers who are shuyukh that have a Senate and they were trained and they have isnad, and they stamp him, their stamp of approval, then khalas. Then you can follow him and benefit from him. But if he's without any of that, no senad, nor do his peers say anything good about him, and give their stamp of approval, then I would hesitate. I could take nasiha from him, I could listen to him, but to, be, to take much from him and be, him be my guide, no. Hawal says, going to university with interest-based loan is haram. You have to work and pay the university fee. <sighs> yeah, that's it. That's a problem, though. It's a big problem. There's no answer to that. What's the creation? What's the issue with job creation? It's waste of time. It's if if it's useful, fine. If not, you're just wasting everyone's time and just blo- you're just bloating the tuition for no reason. That's the problem, right? And thank you, Chief Latif got it. You're just bloating the tuition and the process of everything. Wastefully. Right? Higher education, says Chief Latif, is becoming a liberal reassurance council. I'm telling you, it's a way um, to just give out jobs, but who, who's getting past the buck? The buck is going on to you. The, the, the student. That's the problem. And anyway, in general, okay, in general... Uh, inefficiency is bad for society when you create like a role just to give someone a job but that cost is going to be passed on to the buyer it's very bad for society all these comments on that dream woman who comes and and gives her husband uh, Gatorade just like the NFL water boys and water girls are doing that Uh, Dr. Eddie says, why some books say if you throw the miswak away, you can go mad? Allahu alam. I never saw something like that. Okay. I never saw anything like that. Khalil Hamza says, careful, these uh, etheries say God changes. Allahu alam. I didn't see that, but we say the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never change. Change is for the creation only. The creation changes. The creator does not need to change. And never changes. And it's impossible for Allah to change. Mustahil aqlan. Meaning it's a contradiction. When I say it's impossible, it means it's a contradiction. What's the best way to deal with failing in spirituality? Meaning like I'm trying to, to strive, but I can't. I'm trying to strive, but I can't. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh Nasir. Kev ahalikum. Alhamdulillah, kev What can I do for you? Alhamdulillah. 
تفضل انا نعم لا لا مش بيعرف بس I can ask him for uh, reference Okay, Mr. Muskula, I give uh, I'll show like immigration lawyer, inshallah. Now, inshallah. Barakallah. Shukr. Walaikum salam, If you're an immigration lawyer in New Jersey and want to do a pro bono job, let me know. Is wearing kohl considered tabarruj? La. Mm, a lot of comments back and forth, so I got to go through here and find the questions. What do you say about those who accuse Sheikh Nuh Keller of being a Diobandi? Ah, I'm not interested in these debates, to be honest with you. No, I, Sheikh Nuh is Sheikh Nuh. My commentary doesn't matter about him, right? to be quite honest with you. And there's a book refuting him called The Killer Mistake. Oh, Allahu Adam, I don't go into those things, to be quite honest with you, about the other shiuch. Who of us is going to do what Sheikh Nuh has done in Shafi'i Fiqh? His translation of the Quran, all of those things. I'm going to go and give a comment about him. And then they accuse him. Oh, he did this and that in the school and blah, blah, blah. He didn't rein in the people. It's hearsay to me. I'm not responsible for judging that. And it's and it's hearsay, right? It's he that said this, he, she said that. Am I going to have to be the judge? You judge that yourself if you want to go join their village and their tariqah. That's for you to join. You decide that, right? But I'm not going to come here and give a commentary on that. I'm, I'm not a judge. So, you ask me, should I go live in their village? I say, okay, well, th- then listen to, you go listen to both sides and judge for yourself. Right? That's what I would tell the person, so that he doesn't go and, and get involved in something that I know there's talk about. If there, I know there's talk, I'm not going to pass a judgment, but say, okay, listen, you're going to go live there? You go and judge that stuff yourself. Just information, there's some talk here and there. You go judge it yourself. That's what the Sharia would require. It would not require me to pass a judgment and sit there listening to both sides. But if I hear, hey, there's smoke around something, then if someone says to me, I want to read his book, well, his book has nothing to do with that stuff. It's, his book is pure, 100% Ahl Sunnah. Oh, I want to go live there and move my family there? Okay, that, there's can be discussion People said this and that. You can go and investigate yourself. And that's my duty to you, my nasiha to you, my sincerity to you, is by telling you, and you're right upon me, I, to tell you, okay, there was some talk. I'm not judging what the talk was, but there was some talk. If you want to go take your family and move there and go to that school, and go and, and, and investigate. And you judge that for yourself, whether you want to do it or not. What your judgment is, is going to be whether you want to do that or not, not who's guilty and who's a criminal and who's an abuser and blah, blah, blah. Diana says, can I fast Friday? Yes, you can. We in Madakia have no problem with fasting Friday unless you're doing it to imitate the Sabbath of the Jews, who, which, uh, or which they have special ibadat on Saturday. 
No, but if it just happens to be that that's the day that you can fast, all right, then no problem with that. And it does not have to be connected to Thursday or Saturday. What's the Maliki opinion, says Dr. Iddi, on the minimum size of the sunnah of the beard? There's two opinions. One says that the sunnah is fist length. The other says the sunnah that the maximum is fist length. Uh, sorry, oh, the one says that sun- sunnah mu'akada is fist length and not taller and not shorter. The other opinion says that the beard is anything that the society calls a beard but never longer, but they both agree that not longer than fist length. We should not have a beard any longer than fist length. Malik said that's riya and religion in attracting attention for yourself. Sophia, what is the meaning of وَجْعَلِّي لِسَانَ صِدْقٍ فِي الْآخِرِينَ Okay, make me have a truthful tongue amongst the people of the end of time because we know that the Prophet ﷺ, his entire ummah exists in the broader akhruz zaman. Prophet ﷺ said, I in the end of time have been sent like this. And another hadith that the end that the Prophet ﷺ was sent at the as if the if time was a day, was the daytime, if all of human existence was the analog analogized analogized to the daytime, then the Prophet said I was sent to Asr. So that the entire ummah is in the general broad sphere of end of time. That's one meaning. And fil akhirin meaning in the in the akhirah. In the akhirah, that I can answer properly. When you, get, when you die, you have to answer to uh, what is my book, what is my prophet. That's one of the meanings there too. Subhi says, what is the main difference between athari aqidah and ash'ari aqidah? Definitely it is the, ten, the, the, the degree of tanzih. The, I, would, I don't even accept this concept of athari. I, call it, I want to deal with hanbali aqidah, right? Hanbali. I want the chain of transmission. What is your authoritative books? Okay, that's more clear to me. And the Ashaira, they uh, and the Etheris, uh, sorry, the Hanabila have in them explicit tenzi that we say Allah is not this, He's not that. They both have that. That's what's important. There are other differences we can discuss another time. It probably needs an ArcView course or a couple lectures only. Okay, we got to the person we were saying. D. Chanel says that they want, they're failing in the spiritual path. They're struggling. That's not a problem. The only problem is two things. Number one, if you become content with your sins, then you have failed. Number two, if you quit then you have failed. If you keep succeeding and then failing and making tawbah, that doesn't mean you failed at the spiritual path. That means you're on the spiritual path. You're doing the struggle. Anam Lodi says, to be honest, humanities degree have value if you study at a top university like studying philosophy at Oxford or LSE. You go into investment banking. It says Luqman choosing a sheikh in the spiritual path. Uh, you just have to, to, to struggle and Allah will open for you the doors. Go visit the different gatherings and Allah will open to you a door of someone that you connect with. Mu'mina says, I'm struggling to marry and find a brother for marriage without a family connection. 
Uh, I would say start attending, consistently attend gatherings and classes. And including, oh, by the way, you could be a candidate for Mawadda. NBIC.org forward slash Mawadda. Someone type it in there. NBIC.org forward slash Mawadda. And you, you sign up with them and they will look at who else signed up with them. And then they will call, call you or contact you and email you and tell you that you, you're a match with so-and-so. Okay. Okay. I have been listening since I converted. Wow, that's, that's great to hear. I find little brother that are very guys on Dean. And unapologetically, unapologetically Muslim. Uh, there must have been a typo there. So put it in if, if you want to correct that. I don't find good brothers on the swiping apps. Um, I really suggest to people, but you have to consistently attend the same gatherings. Because you're not going to find someone on the first day. People, they ask me, I tell them the same thing. They show up to one class and they leave. It's like shooting one arrow at a tree and hoping a bird will fall out. No. You got to be shooting every day, every week. You got to be there. And maybe one or two years it'll take before someone says, hey, I have a brother. Hey, who's that sister over there? You got to be active in a group for a long period of time, right, in order for a connection to make. People say to me this all the time. I say, come to the gatherings, come to the classes. And they come and they show up, huh, I didn't find anyone. You don't know how anything works. You probably fail at everything else too because you expect, I dieted for one weekend, I didn't get any results. I did dicker for one day. I prayed to hedge it for one day. Oh, I didn't really benefit. It does, life doesn't work like this. Life works when you are persistent upon something and that the first, you're going to get a first wave of disappointment and a second wave and a third wave and a fourth wave until you conquer the matter. It's going to take time, but for those who buckle so quickly, I'm not saying she's going to do that, but I'm saying. Okay. That's how it works. It takes consistency. Hey, did we ever have a, a marriage from nothing but facts? We had a, a talk. They talked about it, right? Two people talked about it. I have my MCATs in a month. What is your spiritual advice? My spiritual advice to you is is to use the esbab. Every, do not let one stone unturned in your study. And then generally pray for success. But in your studies, do not leave one stone unturned. That is called sitq. All right, in your studies. And someone says, hey, come and hang out with us. Only one night. No. You assign yourself when you're going to take your breaks and be rigid and strict. Should one completely eating foods with onion and garlic? No, it's not necessary. Only if you're going to have bad breath in the mosque or bad breath when you deal with people. That's what it's makru. So you should eat them cooked. You should, and if you know you're going to go to the masjid, then don't eat them raw at all. Eat them cooked. Mawadda is spelled M-A-W. 
my what? Two W's and two D's? What? One W and two D's. Is it compulsory to link or follow some single imam's fiqh if we get an authentic hadith against that fiqh? This is asked by Shaykh. Shaykh, uh, well, the answer to you is that if it depends. Are you a regular Muslim or are you a student of knowledge? A student of knowledge does not mean you're enrolled in a college. It just means I'm trying to learn. I'm, I'm actively studying. If you're actively studying, then, then I tell you that you're, it's not for you to judge. And not all the madhabs apply an authentic hadith. There is a greater evidence sometimes, such as the action of that narrator is greater than the authentic hadith. That authentic hadith may have been abrogated. That authentic hadith may have a qualifi- qualifiers that it only applies in a certain situation. That authentic hadith could have an other, another evidence that's stronger than it, such as the actions of the people of Medina for the Malikis, okay, or the action of the narrator for the Hanafis. So don't enter into judging evidences. If you're a student of knowledge, go choose a madhab. And your effort and your mind should be in which madhab is most worthy of following. That's your, that's your job. That's how you use your intellect. You don't judge evidences. You don't have the qualifications. Okay. Can I judge evidence if my kid's sick? Oh, let's say I got Motrin, I got ibuprofen, I got paracetamol, I got honey, I got a $50,000 bottle of special oil from the hippies, I got uh, my grandma's soup. I'm not a doctor. I don't judge evidences. But what do I do? I judge who should I ask for advice. My, My grandma says... Oh, no, no, mix two onions in hot water and put chicken broth, and that's going to do the job. Uh, A website that I'm scrolling through says, no, just buy a $50,000 piece of oil and rub it on her forehead three times. And my doctor says, just give her two ibuprofens. My brain is to judge which person do I follow. Does that make sense? makes perfect logical sense. I don't judge the evidences because I'm not a physician. The physician will judge. The physician will say... No, your two two bottles, two ibuprofens is should do the trick. I hope that answers the question for Sheikh. Uh, Sister Momina says, "I attend the halakha at Masjid every week, and I take Islamic class in local institution." But of course, brother and sister are separated. I don't find marriage there. You will, con- I would say, continue. Some of the sisters have brothers. Some of the sisters have cousins. You're not going to necessarily see. Uh, Prince Charming walking across the aisle of the masjid, right? But one of of the aunties, one of the older women, are going to someday, they're going to come out and say, who's that single girl right there? She would work for my son. She would work for my grandson. She would work for my nephew. That's how it works. And continue to show up. Continue to show up. What is your advice, says Cherry Q? For young adults who want to memorize Quran but fear their memory is too weak. Memory is a muscle. The more you exercise it, and you exercise it in small dose, then bigger, then bigger, then bigger, then bigger. I guarantee you, if you follow the Mauritanian way, you'll memorize. What's the Mauritanian way? Five ayahs, repeat it 300 times a day. 
you cannot not memorize it. Something's wrong with you if you don't memorize it. And they say, if we can't memorize it after 300, then 300 more. Like, you have to memorize it. But it'd be slow. So what your, your correct worry is memorizing quickly. Anybody can memorize slowly with a lot of repetition and a lot of time. Can you take marriage advice from someone that doesn't pray Salah? Yes, you can. You can take worldly advice from someone with worldly experience, right? But you cannot take religious advice from someone who doesn't practice religion. You can learn engineering from a kafir. Human relations and communications, yes, a kafir can be good at it. A fasik can be good at it. A very bad Muslim could be very good at a worldly matter. It happens all the time. Uh, Mu'mina said, sorry, I had a typo. I find a few brothers, little brothers. You mean few brothers that are striving in deen. Keep going to the masajid. I guarantee you, inshallah ta'ala, over time, you will find good people in these places. Is it haram for a man to use a pillow with silk covered to protect the hair from being damaged over time? Ya salam, Prince Charming does not want to ruin his hair with a regular pillow that we all sleep on. The answer is yes. Oh, dear Prince and Fabio over here with his Brad Pitt blonde locks does not want to ruin his hair. Sleep on a regular pillow with you, will you, before we grab you and, and shave your head. You cannot be that vain. Okay, love your hair, wonderful. How is your hair going to be damaged? Watch watch after this. He said, no, no, I have hair cancer, right? And I'm like, oh, now I have to feel guilty for you, right, for making fun of you. But no, that is not a valid excuse for our, our beloved prince here to, uh, uh, to uh, ruin his hair. Why don't you get a masseuse, hire a masseuse, hire a cuddler, right? <laughs> well, maybe that's the, 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 the <laughs> I'm, I hope it's not the questioner who's, who we just roasted here, but I've never seen anything like that before. And it is not a valid excuse to use a silk. And by the way, you don't need to. There's all sorts of non-silk fake stuff that is halal for you to use, even if it has the same uh, feeling as silk, but it's not silk, it's halal for you to use. No problem. Ladies and gentlemen, nice stream. Well done. Jazakumullah khairan. I'm really happy that you all came out and were able to do, to do this. Aqil Muhammad, what do you know about this? Aqil says, oh, Sheikh, it's for curly hair. Okay, God forbid that your hair curled up. Go wet it, dry it, get a blow dryer if you really want to do that. Okay, uh, for curly hair. It's an African thing for curly hair. We're all African and we have curly hair, right? And we never heard this before. A Lodi, oh, this is a thing apparently. Anam Lodi says it's for curly hair. Nah, not for a brother. Be curly. That's not a life or death for you to do the haram in it. Get something similar to silk, right? Okay, get something that's similar to silk. The, the women could do that because they're allowed to be vain about their hair. It's halal, for, it's not vanity for them. And they're allowed to sleep on silk anyway, right? Because our, 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 our people, he doesn't want their pillowcase to get moist, I guess. I don't know how this works. But um, for the hair to get curly, well, dry it. Uh, AMS is asking a question. Does your hair fall off when you sleep or something? 
He's questioning the thing. I'm telling you, you learn something every day with these things. You learn something new. Sometimes it's useless knowledge. But when you're constantly in QA, very interesting. Okay. Uh, another one says use argon oil or use a bonnet or a do-rag. Okay. So the silk pillowcase stops your hair from getting frizzy. But you need to look good for fetch. Aren't you going to wake up and do your hair anyway? Or you're, gonna, you're not going to get up, brush your teeth, and walk out the house, right? Aren't you going to dry your hair and take a shower anyway in the morning? Uh, satin is not silk. Satin is halal for you to use, okay? Bro, Akil, you know too much about this. I'm suspicious about Akil. Akil right now, you know, he's got, he's got posts, and he's got nasihas, and he has facts about this. Akil, you looked into this, bro. Because we know Akil, he's got great hair, mashallah, and it's curly. But he's got a great head of hair. May Allah preserve it for him, because baldness is a terrible thing. Okay. Uh, and you wouldn't want it for yourself. Akil says, okay, Akil's given drus now. Okay. He's got fiqh. Sleeping on the cotton pillowcase can ruin a per- curly hair person's hair follicles and rip their hair apart. Drus, fiqh of keeping your hair for curly people, all right, for curly-haired people. Hey, listen, I'm all about this. I don't want anyone to go bald or to have thinning hair, okay? Akil says, not that I do this. Yeah, Akil, I'm going. By the way, you used to live here. I'm going to go downstairs and see if there's a satin pillowcase laying around. Then I'm going to know that you know so much about this. Akil used to live here, right? All right, so we're now going to go and um, uh, get ourselves some special pillowcases. And so our hair, our curly hair doesn't fall out, no problem. But satin, not silk, for a man. If you're a woman, you can get silk. Okay. No, the guy's got to keep his hair. He's got to keep his hair. What can I do? Okay. <laughs> Juice says, what the heck are you doing while you're sleeping so that the, for the, the hair follicle to fall out? Okay. Chief Latif says, African hair is very high maintenance. Listen, I'm all for it. Protect your hair. This is the first time I'm learning for, about it. That's why to me it sounded sort of absurd. But if this is a thing now and you're all telling me it's a thing, then fine. But get, why don't we put, start putting links and advertising it on arcview.org uh, on the live stream? Hey, do you have curly hair and want to make sure the back of your hair doesn't fall out so that when you get married, all right, the girl doesn't say, what the heck is that? Why don't you try this satin pillowcase, halal, registered with the halal trademark on it too. Um, Okay, uh, good. Get the satin pillowcase because M-Star testifies that the satin pillowcase works too. So now, now let's all get $50,000 oils, right, from the Atlas Mountains. And also let's get satin pillowcases, okay, for $90 a pillowcase. And you can only use it three times. And then you have to buy the next $90 pillowcase, right, uh, so that uh, your hair doesn't fall out. All right, fine, let's do it. Let's, let's pay all these companies. No problem. I have no problem with that. Okay. But satin pillowcase from now on. Yo, when when he gets married, Akil, 
when he graduates, the next time there's an event to buy Akil, to get him a gift, then we're going to get him all these pillowcases with hearts on them and love so that he could uh, never, inshallah, lose that, that wonderful hair that he has. Okay? People would hesitate if they seen his hair. Mashallah. We definitely don't want that falling out. I'm telling you, you learn something new every day. My guy has his girl pouring water into his mouth as he reclines on his fine silk pillowcase, his hair done up, and his kids giving him a pedicure. That's exactly it. SubhanAllah. Yo, we need call-in shows. We need to make, imagine, imagine if this was a call-in show. Reading the comments is fun, but... Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Wal asr. Inna al-insana lafi khusr illa al-ladhina amanu wa aminu al-salihat. Wa tawasaw bil-haq. Wa tawasaw bil-sabr. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.